right, so it's been a while. Uh, we have a lot of ground to cover today. I will do my best to keep this video brief, but I do want to go over quite a bit with you. So we'll uh, jump right in. A lot of questions on uh, the products uh, within Vactor Scientific, uh, that particular affiliate of ours that we own a, a equity position in. Got a lot of phone calls about that. There's some people that are still confused. We don't wholly own that subsidiary or as a subsidiary. Uh, we own an equity portion of that company. We invested in the company. We helped develop some of the technology. Uh, and as a, as a result, they're uh, an affiliate or a strategic partner, as we refer to them quite frequently. So the update on the Novi device, that's what we're getting a lot of questions on, right? Everyone wants to know about the Novi device. That EUA is progressing. And I apologize if there was some confusion with the 510K announcement. The, and I want to kind of clarify this a little bit. If, if, you, if, if a company receives an EUA, an emergency use authorization, that is strictly a temporary thing while that emergency is deemed current. Once that is no longer an emergency, then they would revoke the EUA and you would have a non-approved FDA device if you did not file your 510K, which is why a lot of companies, you, you uh, especially the vaccine companies and, and a lot of other companies are filing the 510Ks in tandem. And that's what we're doing. We're filing a 510K, should be drafted in its final form within the next week or so, and then that'll be submitted. That process will probably take uh, 60 days or so, I'm not 100% clear. Don't hold me to that number. I'm, I'm giving you a rough estimate. Um, the EUA, EUA is backed up, so it, it uh, justifiably may also uh, be backed up with the 510K. So we'll, we'll take a look at that. But for the most part, that is gonna be moving uh, forward. We are in constant contact, as, I said, as I've said previously. Uh, FTA is very good about giving us updates on a bi-weekly basis. Uh, through a series of phone calls and conference calls, a lot of email correspondence. Uh, we're progressing. We've gone through every round of review uh, without issue. Uh, I think there was a few times there were some comments back. We got through that. Uh, we progressed to the next stage within an hour or two or same day. It was nothing overly complicated. So that's on the, um, you know, the Novi device. That's what everybody's been talking about. I think a few people have seen that. Uh, and if you're, if you're, if you are curious we received a couple of comments about the website only showing renderings and that there's they'd like to see images i have a video uh, i believe within the ceo series i'll, I'll have candace post it uh, the link but where we show the device and i go over this in, in uh, detail so the eua is in process we're probably going to be progressing for another couple of weeks on that and then the 510k will go out within the next couple of weeks and then regardless of when the EUA for devices is up for uh, COVID-19, uh, we would still be able to progress with that device in the, in the market segment as an FDA approved device once we receive FDA approval, which we have not yet. So let me just be clear, I don't want there to be any confusion about that. We are in the process of applying for FDA approval via a 510K. That's the form that uh, the FDA requires. Uh, so. Uh, press release went out about the device being able to test for uh, this variant right, of COVID. It can test for multiple variants of many viruses or pathogens. So the device is unique in that it is uh, screening and testing mark, genetic markers on the virus. So the variant 
may mutate like all viruses, but our device will still be able to screen for that. So that was one of the uh, next generation add-on features that all devices will be delivered with now. And that that's uh, kind of programmed into the device, but it's also based on specific reagents uh, that will be used in the, the collection of the sample too. So uh, the next one is the Dreaming Company. So the Dreaming Company is the one, for those that are not familiar, that are putting out IGA Skin. Uh, that's one of the organic creams that they launched recently. Uh, a lot of people have been asking questions about that. The Q2 is coming out, but I, I will share with you uh, last month's revenues. Last month in June, they did around the $250,000 mark in uh, sales. The expectation is, and the reason I bring this up, is the expectation going in July and August, those are typically or historically slow retail months because of travel. And now that travel's reopened, the expectation is that we would probably see a little bit of pullback on that. Although that has not been the case all year. We've seen some exponential growth. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with July and August. The one thing I will say is that T, the dreaming company referred to as TDC refer, uh, constantly works with Boost, Boost Words is our marketing company that we uh, subsidiary, to adjust the marketing campaign as such that the margins remain the same. So if sales slow down, we would spend less on marketing on those historically slow months, and then we would, we would adjust that marketing budget but maintain the margin. So it does not affect the margin uh, average throughout the year. So that's something that they work on. Uh, to the, the next thing that they're going to be releasing next month is one of the highest concentrations of retinol that we've put out. It's a 2% retinol cream with a Debenone. Uh, it's a wrinkle cream. It's the next level of wrinkle cream with very high concentration for delivering even uh, more results. They're pretty excited about that. I have to say that when I look at the wrinkle creams uh, sales, the creepy skin sales, some of the bigger, you know, more flagship, this looks to be what will, you know, uh, replace some of the flagship uh, products. It's a, it's a big uh, market segment. So I think everyone should probably look forward to that. I know that um, we're really ramping up and creating a significant inventory as we speak. We are making sure that we have the inventory to meet the demand because previously, We've launched a product, and it's come very, very close to, to selling out, uh, sometimes within a day or two. So we've ordered very large quantities of raw materials. We have things in inventory now that should last us through the end of the year, so we shouldn't have a problem, but you know, you never know. Hopefully, um, we have what we need. For holidays, we're, we're going to probably bring in a little more. It, the sales have really been picking up with uh, IGS skin. So a lot of questions on Boost, which I think is great. Uh, what is Boost doing? You know, where are the revenues? The, the concentration, the focus on Boost is expanding that existing team to support the subsidiaries. So that marketing company supports the marketing for all of the subsidiaries. That's their primary function. Now they do have outside clients that they do uh, cater to. But right now their focus is expanding this team, bringing on more expertise, even some outside resources and, and some relationships that would help build up the marketing strategy and, and put up something in place for Q4 and through 2022 for all the subsidiaries. There's a lot happening towards the end of the, end of the year. 
and then there's a lot of um, activity that is is being put in place. I don't want to say too much right now, but being put in place for next year. We have a lot of things happening next year. This year, I think I've said in previous videos, is more about restructuring the, the company's posture so that we can uplist the company as opposed to strictly focus on retail sales. So a lot of things happening. As you can tell, an example would be we've added subsidiaries, we brought in different management teams, we brought in other outside resources, we've hired a bunch of people. So um, that's been that's the focus for this year. The function this year is to get us ready for what we're going to be doing next year. And this year has gone very well, uh, not just in, in in the areas of executing on that particular objective or strategy, but also with building the revenues. We've definitely been surprised by uh, the growth over at the Dream Company. So that's with Boost. Now, uh, H2O, a lot of questions about H2O. Or is, when's the contract coming in? When's the contract coming in? And I get that, I, and I understand the frustration. Trust me, you're not the only one frustrated. Uh, it takes time. So we have, uh, and I won't, I won't go too far into this, so please don't call and ask for more details. I'm, I'm sharing this with you because I want you to understand that there are steps in this process. So we've gone through contract negotiations. Now we have to test water samples to make sure that we can deliver the results that are being requested in this contract. We'll adjust accordingly. You're going to go through another round of edits on the contracts, I'm sure, probably more than one. But we're at the point now where it's palatable or... or, or uh, a more tenable tone of, of how the contract's going to operate. And now we're looking at testing the water. So we should have those results by Monday, I believe. It might even be as soon as tomorrow, you know, as, as early as today, but you'll, well, you, tomorrow, you'll see in this video tomorrow. But uh, it, we should have those water results in. There's an expectation what that's going to be, and we, we don't expect there to be any curveballs. Once that's in, then we'll address the contract uh, requirements. And then we'll move forward with execution, and then we will service that client, uh, or H2O will service that client. And then I'll share with you the details on what that contract will uh, yield as far as revenues and, and what that relationship means. Not every relationship, business relationship, is, is strictly outlined or valued according to a dollar value. There, there are some other things that we're working on, some strategic relationships, I'll get to that here in a little bit, uh, that have that carry with them an innate value in just to have that relationship or business strategy than, uh, than a revenue strategy. But of course, they will still come with revenue, so it would be absurd not to. So a uh, couple questions on Nextcast, UAT. Uh, Nextcast, uh, the final molds for the Nextcast is one of the testing units. Uh, those will be in the end of the month, if I'm not mistaken. There were some, I won't say issues, uh, with the previous molds. We need to make sure that the, the tolerances within those molds were going to put out the quality of product we wanted. And those tolerances were slightly off, so now we're uh, moving to the final stage, uh, the final set of molds. Should, by the end of the month or so. And I'll give you an update when those come as well. UAT, I'll give you some, uh, some updates uh, as we move over the next month or so towards um, production on the HP line and delivering that HP line. We're, um, like I said, I'm more focused on all the other subsidiaries and building up revenues and making sure the structure's in place to do what we need to do. As everyone knows, we're gonna be conducting audits, 
by the way, those audits will be completed, looks like in October, we're, we're looking at, somewhere in there for all six companies. So before anyone asks, there's five subsidiaries, one holding company, every company has to be fully audited. Those audits will be in uh, probably the end of September, beginning of October, and the S1 will go in in October. So that's one other item I wanted to address. So give me a couple of weeks, we'll give you an update as to where we stand on that, as well as um, UAT and NextCast. Ossifix. Ossifix, we are going to be filing the paperwork to be a registered tissue bank to make sure that we can get production in place over the next 60 to 90 days. Uh, the, the reason for the delay was the ramp up in the hiring. It was a pretty big screening process, especially when you're dealing with phone and, and, and as, a, as a tissue bank. We needed to make sure we had the right partners and we needed to make sure that we had the right labs and everything else in place. So it looks like we found a partner. I'm going to be making that announcement once that uh, the contractual uh, documents are executed and, and they're in final form. The uh, and I, I have another update. I'm going to circle back to the Nobi device because it, it just reminded me when I said something about a lab. So with and I received an email and I think Candace received some questions about this. Yes. We do receive live virus to test with, those live samples. They will arrive at a CLIA lab, and that lab will then conduct those tests in a controlled environment using our devices. So they do, the CDC and FDA do, will provide live pathogens for testing. Some, I guess it was going around somewhere, they were asking if this is all theoretical. It's, it's not theoretical. We, we've conducted some testing. We are going to be conducting more testing in in-field clinical testing. I'm not going to get into uh, where those are going to be conducted until I have it finalized, but it does look like it'll be um, pretty soon, and then I'll let you know where those are. We're, we're, we have a lot of relationships uh, with state and federal government, and I think that's probably the best course of action for us to, to work with them, especially with something so sensitive. So I'll, I'll keep you updated on that. So... A few updates we haven't discussed in the past. We are currently screening and reviewing a couple of companies for IR, investor relations, to answer questions. A lot of people ask, how come you don't just pawn that off on another company? We've gone back and forth on that. I prefer to have people in-house that are going to treat our shareholders the way they need to be treated, as opposed to worry about a third-party company. It, unfortunately, it, it tends to be a little more cost-effective and efficient to have a third party to deal with that, but I need to make sure that they're the right people. I'm going to say this in this video too. When we make the announcement of bringing in a new IR firm as shareholders, I would encourage you to call and ask questions and then please get back to me and let me know how you were treated. This is, this is something that is a very high priority internally. I think I've made that very clear to everyone here. People call in, they spoke to me. I'm sure you, for those of you who called, you understand that uh, I conduct myself a certain way with shareholders, and I expect shareholders to conduct themselves a certain way when they talk to the staff here. So make sure that the IR firm is on point. We're, we're going to screen it. We're going through a couple right now. Give me a couple weeks, and I'll let you know who we ended up with. So we went over the audits. Uh, Q2. So what's the holdup of Q2? Uh, no real holdup. We're compiling six six organizations know our affiliates 
because they're not wholly owned, they do not have to report. That was a question that I was asked. We will have these, these uh, filings done within hopefully a couple of weeks. One of the delays was the accounting that one of the subsidiaries used. Uh, there was an issue with a format. These are strict formats that we're using. And reporting for the subsidiaries was not in the correct format. It's being redone right now. So hopefully we'll get it done, compiled, and pushed out. I'm not sitting on that. The, the uh, Again, I'm not rushing them. I want these things to be accurate. But we are uh, moving forward as quickly as possible. But for those who, uh, it was only one individual asked why we're holding them back. Uh, there's no incentive for me to do that, and I wouldn't do that. There's no strategy there. I went over the S1, looking at that in uh, Q4. A couple of questions on acquisition. So let me just kind of just address this head on. Yes, we are reviewing other companies for acquisitions. There's one or two that might be close, might be, potentially be close to getting finalized before year end. I'm not pushing for that. I, I don't rush these things. I need to make sure we can uh, structure a transaction that's mutually beneficial, but we are reviewing that and it has to make sense. So we've been getting a lot of questions on when's your next acquisition. I don't, I don't know why that's a big, I think we've done quite a bit this year. Uh, you know, we've added four acquisitions in one year and we managed to do it in just a few the year date for half of the year. I think that's quite a bit, um, but we do have room for more and we can probably pull that off even with the schedule that we have. So we are reviewing it, but I, again, I'll be very clear. I'm not promising an acquisition and I don't want uh, this to be spread around as, as a gospel that this is happening. I don't even know if it's going to happen. So we'll, we'll see. I take these things slowly. New hires. So we are, we do have someone on board that we're looking at moving to the CIO position, the chief information officer. And then we brought on some um, Intel professionals to help us build out some things we're going to be making announcements on. So previously, we've announced uh, the intent to put together uh, a data center or something similar to that for the purposes of some of the uh, future projects or products, services that we're looking at putting forth uh, and out there. I'm going to be making announcements on this very soon, so I don't want to get into that in this video. So we have brought on a few new people in, in those areas. A lot of questions on when a PR is coming. Yes, we, we have press releases coming. I'm not going to, why would I make an announcement now that a press release is coming tomorrow or the next day or some specific date that the press release comes out and then we can talk about it. But we have a full calendar and there's quite a bit scheduled that I have to get out the door. A lot of people ask about the shareholder letter. I've got to make a few more announcements and then the shareholder letter is coming out. The shareholder letter contains some items that uh, will reference things that we have not announced yet. So that'll be out in the next month or two, somewhere in there. Just depends on a few things I'm waiting on as far as information. So <clears throat> I had an interesting email. I'm going to pull this up. And this was someone asking about a statement that I made in a previous video about Hygieia sales, that they had seven figures in sales. And, but they're not in our reports. Now, if at that time we had not purchased a subsidiary, we would not report their earnings as our own. That would not be appropriate. So in the beginning of the year, 
up until that point, they were selling Hygieia skin products. That should be a very well-known fact because we had previously licensed the Hygieia trademark or name to the Dreaming Company, and they went into the market and they sold. They did very well, and then we acquired them. It made sense to do so. So someone was asking, why are we not reporting this in a way that implied that we were intentionally hiding something? So we're not hiding something. So what I would do is I would encourage everyone to go back, look at the videos, look at the history of our press releases, and then compare those dates. I know it can be a little cumbersome because we've done a lot in six months. So there's a lot to read through, a lot of videos. I don't know how many hours of videos are on the, the YouTube channel. And we have many, many press releases. I know it's a lot of documentation uh, to read, but it's incumbent upon the shareholder to do that due diligence. We would not make a public filing in a way that was nefarious because we would be penalized for that. And it would not just hurt the shareholders by withholding information, but it hurts us. And there's more severe consequences for us than it would be for shareholders. So please go ahead and look through that. Uh, we, we would not, so just to be clear, we would not, Report uh, revenues or any financial statement that was that predated the acquisition of said company. Okay, so uh, any more questions anyone has? I, I've been getting a lot of really good feedback. I know people are frustrated because they wanted to update every Friday. It's just not possible. Um, <clears throat> as you probably can hear, I'm getting over feeling a little sick, so it, it's it's been a pretty hectic schedule. We're we're right on schedule as of right now. I think we might have an opportunity to jump a little bit ahead in the next two weeks. I'm looking forward to that. I have some other announcements that will be coming. We have some more uh, Well, we have some more announcements coming. I'll leave it at that. And hopefully you'll hear from us next week. And we do have a – and people have asked about the video series on the capital markets. It's all written out. I started shooting one video. I just haven't had time. It's, it, a lot has been going on. So I will get to it. It's very important to me that we – Make sure that all shareholders are educated on how this works so that everyone has, sets the appropriate expectation and, you know, and, and understands that we're trying to be as transparent as possible. So hope everybody has a great weekend. I appreciate the support and the patience. And I think I'm probably going to be speaking to you next week. I don't know yet, so we'll see. Thank you. Have a good weekend.